Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Churchill Downs on Saturday, November 18th, 2023. This is show number 251, November 17th, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, how's everything? Uh, health-wise, wasn't my best week of all time, but I am on the mend. I uh, still don't feel super but i'm feeling much better and um you know this is kind of that lull uh in the racing schedule where we're past the breeders cup kind of waiting i guess for there's a few decent days of racing but for me kind of the calendar sort of flips on opening day at santa anita which is still a ways off so you know in the meantime there's some challenging racing every weekend including the the sequence we're going to look at today from churchill and we have a special guest. He won the Del Mar Summer Contest in 2018, winning over 100000 in cash and prizes. He finished third in the BCBC in 2021 with about 175000 in bankroll and prizes. He's Dennis Montoro. Dennis, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here. Hey, Dennis. Um, so it's the first time we've had you as a, like a computer modeling guy. Um, and I, 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 we can get into a little bit about like how you're going to predict winners, uh, a day in advance later. Um, but, but I had a question that I wrote down last night after I listened to the bet with the bed best podcast, um, that occurred to me as I was driving. And <clears throat> the question is, if I wanted to start using computer power now, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm computer literate, but I'm, I have no programming background. Um, I realize that the computers have an advantage. They can they can slice and dice the information much quicker than me. <clears throat> um, what what would if I wanted to start using computer power? What would be the first thing that I should do? Like take a class in something? What you know? What what what, do you, what would you guess is the first step at least uh, to explore getting into uh, computer modeling? Yeah, this day and age, um, and even going back several years now, there's plenty of uh, free resources out there to teach you kind of how to build a model. And, and you know, that's that's also just a very loose term, like, you know, building a computer model. So, I mean, you can go that route of, of you know, educating yourself. That's kind of the, the road that, that I took. I think more importantly than, like, you know, becoming more computer literate and then like learning how to build a model is learning how to work with data. So I'd probably steer people more toward um, data analytics courses um, and how they fuse with gambling markets. And something I, I spoke about at length on uh, on the Bet With Best podcast is just 
making sure that you're fusing data that isn't properly uh, weighted into the market. And I think, you know, I'm not sure if I answered your question, but that's kind of where, you know, people who might not be coders or anything, you know, anything similar to that, like I would probably point them into the direction of learning how to work with data and how they fuse with uh, gambling markets. Uh, <clears throat> that totally makes sense. And, um, I would, uh, it, 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 it's logically completely makes sense. Um, if I may, let, let's say I did that and I was like, I love data. I want to start um, harnessing it. Um, what would be like the second step? And, and don't worry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you for 10 steps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the, the, the resource that I point to the most is, is going to be Bill Venter's original paper. Uh, where he laid out what's called a conditional logit model and and talked about like how to incorporate the public's opinion into your own model, how to take data and and the public's opinion and transform those into probabilities, how to use those probabilities to predict uh, you know exactas and trifectas and and there's a lot of good information in there and like for someone that you know that loves data but you know might be new to models. It's it's probably going to be somewhat of a tough read, but, uh, you know, there's plenty of people to either ask for their help with, including myself or, or, you know, reading it several times, I think concepts will start to kick in, but I think Bill Benter's original paper on the model that he used, you know, 40 years ago, whenever that was probably step one for, you know, building a horse racing model. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> Uh, we we have a lot to cover today, so I won't ask you any more questions. But it really does interest me. Um, you know, Tony Zhou uh, years ago at a conference said, "If you're not using computers, you better you know you, you might as well just like uh, give it up." And um, and you know that's <clears throat> not necessarily the case. But um, if you want to compete in this day and age, uh, it's uh, it's 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 a step in the right direction. Yeah, uh, Chris, did you have any? Chris, did you have any questions for Dennis? Well, I thought maybe just spend just a couple minutes sort of describing not your whole process, but what comes out of your model and how that gets converted into a bet. You know, just a real simple high level so people can understand, you know, sort of how you make betting decisions and how it may vary from the way they typically do it. Sure. Um, I apologize in advance if I'm going to be a little vague, uh, but you know, basically to start, uh, step one is projecting where I think the public's going to be in terms of probability and, and price. So I'm, I'm projecting what I think a final uh, price would be. Let's just say for the wind pool, and that you know I kind of do that using some public-facing data that um, many you know, average horse players and, and CAW teams probably use. And, you know, that's step one. Step two is I'm going to incorporate my own proprietary data and kind of come up with a fundamental assessment of, of each horse in a race and how they kind of stack up against each other. And ultimately, from that data, um, I'm going to derive my own probability. So here we are day in advance of, of the sequence. And and I kind of have a fundamental assessment of, of how I think each horse is going to run 
displayed in probability. And then next to that, I also have what I, where I think the projected odds are going to be for each horse. So from there, I can kind of see who, who, which horses may outrun their odds, which has the highest probability to win, et cetera, et cetera. So, so what I'm going to summarize that, um, instead of using the morning line, you sort of create your own prediction of what the off odds will be based on um, your, some algorithms and data and stuff that you think is more accurate than the morning line that gives you a feel for what the price will be at post time for a horse. You've got your own uh, methodology model for predicting what you think the price should be on a horse given you know its chances of winning. And then you compare those two. And when you think the horse's odds are higher than they should be, or high, significantly higher than they should be, then that tells you that's a horse you're probably interested in playing. And that's when you be, get, you, you, you think about how you're going to bet, and you size your bet using some algorithm stuff. But basically, you're creating your own morning line, your own prediction of what you think the horse's real chances are, making a comparison. And then if the comparison is favorable, that tells you that's where you want to bet. Is that a fair summary? Exactly, yes. Okay, well, great. Look forward to hearing uh, what the model and your own handicapping predict. And we'll start with the seventh race at Churchill Downs. It's a maiden special weight, six furlongs on dirt, purse of 120,000 for two year old fillies. Dennis, uh, what's your model telling you? So this race looks pretty wide open. Um, I think uh, where my model would land, you know, depending on scratches. But I think as of right now, I'm looking at the one uh, lady driller, uh, first time starter. Um, one typically, uh, you know, my models aren't exactly black box. I know what, you know, why, um, why a model might point to a given horse. And, you know, with, with races like this, where, where there's a lot of entries and, and uh, it's a maiden race, um, looking for horses that are either going to improve off their, uh, off their last start or looking for horses that haven't started. And, you know, these are typically horses that are, um, you know, not necessarily good bets, but they're overlooked. And there's a lot of first time starters here. And, uh, you know, just from a handicapping context outside the model, the uh, five furlong workouts uh, were graded pretty high by my workout models, and I think that's kind of why I'm pointing to the one lady driller. Um, similarly, the 12 hope mission, the model has some interest in, uh, probably for the uh, same reasons with the high workout grades. And the one experienced source I was kind of looking at was uh, the eight summer in Tahoe, second time starter, um, some of my early pace proprietary data, uh, which was grading that horse pretty high given its first, uh, its first start. Uh, I watched the replay just briefly in preparation for this and it looked like it just faded on the stretch, but I, I feel like a lot of times second time starters with solid early pace ratings, um, or my own early pace rating, uh, come back stronger the second time, know how to get the lead and, and maybe figure it out in the stretch the, the, the next time out. Uh, I would say the number one would be my top pick with some interest in the eight and the 12. Okay. Uh, Lady Driller, uh, uh, 
Um, first time starter with this owner, Steve Asmussen is six for 26 with a 105 ROI. That's the only stat I looked up on this on that one. Chris, uh, what are you thinking? Well, just uh, to build a little bit on what Dennis said on the second time starters, especially the ones that show early speed and tire. Um, we've talked about this before on the podcast with layoff horses or first time starters. I mean, you can get horses fit off workouts, but there's nothing like a race to really get a horse tight. And I think that's what you see a lot of times with these second time starters that show speed. They just get tired and they're not race fit. But that that one race really increases their ability, you know, and plus they learn a little bit. They're not quite as hyped up before the race and stuff. So maybe they ration their energy a little bit better, but they just basically are fitter and capable of, you know, sustaining that speed over a longer distance. So, you know, that's always a good angle, that second time starter, second off the layoff, just from a pure fitness standpoint. Um, you know, horses fitter, it's more likely to be able to sustain a run, you know, through the wire. Um, so I'm always looking for those second time starters. Uh, that's one way, or just a horse that that's, race you know overcame some trouble or or its race was better than maybe it looks on paper and for me there's kind of a standout in here in that regard and that's the three bedazzlem uh this horse has one start um if you watch the race it it broke from the rail which is always a dicey proposition for any horse because there's this gap to the inside and horses tend to kind of run towards empty space and a lot of times you'll see them duck into the gap when they break from the rail, especially a first time starter who doesn't have experience. And that's exactly what happened with this horse. It actually broke straight and quick, but then it just, just took off to the inside and the rider had to kind of grab him and wrangle her over and he ended up actually wrangling her all the way to the extreme outside. Um, so she kind of lost all chance at the start, but even while he was wrangling her around, and to the outside, she was moving pretty good without really any effort. In fact, if anything, she was being restrained. And then um, uh, he did finally ask her for some run on the turn, and she was very wide, and she did respond, and she finished up pretty well. You know, and to me, she was definitely the best horse in that race. Um, and I, like I said, I don't think it was a problem with her start. It was just more the post. So she's not in the one hole this time. But since then, they did give her a gate drill, a really sharp gate drill, so that just to make sure that she's going to break better this time. Uh, she also was a $750,000 purchase for a barn. You know, this is not like a Chad Brown, Brad Cox, Todd Pletcher, where all their horses are $750,000 purchase. That's a big price for this barn. Um, so it's probably well meant from the start. Um, and, uh, you know, second time out, it also gained some fitness from that start. So, you know, I, I think this horse is a proven commodity that's going to run a much improved race over its last start. And it doesn't have to improve much to win. There are a lot of unknowns, a lot of first time starters. So there could be a monster in here and this horse could run well and still lose. But in a big field like this, in a race where I think people are going to want to spread in the pick five, I'm probably going to lean pretty heavily on the three. There are a couple firsters I'm interested in, but I'll hold off on that. Um, my primary opinion will be the three horse Bedazzlem. Okay, well, the good news for me is that I have all the four horses that you guys mentioned. 
The bad news is that I have five other ones, so I'm nine deep. However, it is a maiden race, and there's a bunch of second-time starters and a bunch of first-time starters. And um, um, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna choose one that I like the the most, and that is the six, Caladium. And Caladium worked in 47.2 in October on the Turfway synth. She's a half Dan the go-to man who was fast and won as a two-year-old. For this owner, she's two for 26 with first-time starters, including a 10 to one. And with this jock, she's one for 16, which is not great. But that one was a 24 to one earlier this year. So, um, you know, <clears throat> that 47-2 gate work, uh, it, it gets me excited. She she has a, <clears throat> I think she has a flat bet profit with first-time starters, Kelsey Danner. And um, she's as good a top pick as, uh, as any of them at 15 to one. But I will be using all of yours, uh, plus a few others. So, Dennis, anything else you want to jump in and add um, on this race? I mean, the only, uh, you know, in terms of the pick five sequence, I'm, I'm with you, Chris. I was going to try to be as lean as possible here, um, potentially with with the three horses that I mentioned. Um, I think when we get to race nine, that's kind of a mystery to me right now. But um, just like I heard you mention the, the pick five sequence. So that's where my head was at with the pick five is, is try to be as lean as possible here in the first leg. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I did have there are two firsters. I mean, there's a whole bunch of firsters that could win. And you got I mean, we could make a case for all of them. Right. Because you just don't know who's really good or bad at this point. That's the problem with these races. Uh, it's a lot of insider information we're not privy to, but I did try to watch. One thing nice you can do now that you couldn't do a few years ago is you can watch a lot more workouts, um, actually watch them and be your own clocker. Um, because, you know, if you rely on clocker reports, half the time they don't have a report on the horse you're interested in. And then, you know, you're getting their opinion, not your own. And and uh, it's kind of nice to be able to watch the workout. So that that's one thing I... That I like that gets me a little more interested in these races than it used than it used to be. Um, and when from watching the workouts, the two that I liked in the way they wor worked were uh, the ten and the eleven trial and wonder of you. Now of the two, I like trial better from a betting perspective because that horse's barn does much better with first time starters than eleven wonder of you. Foley's just I, I think zero for thirty five. Six for 35 in the money and dirt sprint two-year-old first-time starter. So that's not a very good record. Um, I, so I'm, I'll probably be more interested in that horse next time out. But it looked good enough in its workout that I, I might throw it in as a backup if I play the pick five. Um, the reason I like that horse so much is it, it worked with two other horses. And it was the third horse, the outside horse. And it was you know, outside those two throughout two turns in the workout. And it easily put away both its workmates, despite being on the extreme outside. That was pretty impressive to me. And that was a gate work. And it broke really sharply in the in the work, too, which I like to see. Uh, it's just a trainer's work record. Um, if it wasn't for that trainer's record, I'd be higher on that horse. Trial, um, that was a different kind of workout. It worked with another horse. It was kind of overly eager. The jockey was like basically strangling it throughout the workout. Um, it wanted to go, go, go. Um, 
but it was still kind of crushed its workmate, even though it was under complete stranglehold. Um, and that it didn't have a fast time, but you could tell that horse could run some. I'm a little worried. Maybe it's a little one-dimensional or you know a little overly eager, but there certainly was talent there, and that barn does pretty well first out. So the ten horse trial was the one whose um, not only did it have I thought a, an impressive workout, but you know the barn does tend to do pretty well with firsters. Eleven might have been even a more impressive workout, um, but the barn just is hard to endorse with a first time starter. So ten and the eleven would be my backups um, in here. <laughs> Those are two that I did not have. One of the reasons is because uh, they have a lot of gate works, which I know our maiden expert, Henry Wessel, uh, considers to be a negative. If they run, you know, many gate workouts uh, means that they potentially have trouble at the gate. But um, what you're saying is that Wonder of You took care of two workmates. Uh, I don't know if that was a gate work or not, um, but took care of two workmates. So maybe yeah, it was uh, a gate work. It was a gate. So work. maybe uh, you know they've the, 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 the they had to put the work in, and maybe the horse is ready now. Yeah, I, I get that. It, you know, it kind of depends on the barn too. But yeah, if they keep working from the gate, you wonder does that mean the horse just won't break? But I mean, I watched the workouts, and both those horses broke sharply from the gate. So I don't think that's an issue. You know, it's not like they can't break sharply from the gate. You know, I saw them do it. Um, I didn't watch every one of their workouts. I, I just didn't have the time, but I looked at the more recent ones uh, just because, you know, there's really nothing else to look at in these races with these first time starters. And the fact that you can actually watch some of the workouts is great. So, um, you know, but I, I wouldn't worry about the, the frequency of the gateworks in terms of, you know, these horses clearly were able to break sharply. I mean, I saw them do it on. Um, so I'm not that wouldn't be a, a concern for me. Well, <clears throat> uh, since I am nine deep, I, I should mention a couple other horses. Um, one horse that really interests me, um, <clears throat> and 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 I do like the the, the horses that uh, that uh, Dennis mentioned. Uh, Summer in Tahoe looks particularly interesting because uh, she had a forty-seven flat gate work before her last race, and then in that race. Uh, not only showed speed, but was against a uh, closer favorability rating of 98 on racing flows uh, scale, um, <clears throat> which uh, 100 is the you know closer uh, centric. So, <clears throat> um, but another horse that interests me a lot is uh, Fantoma, Cherie DeVoe. The horse has a 48-1 gate work, and uh, one of its siblings ran a huge figure as a two-year-old. Um, so, you know, precocious bloodlines, a good workout and, um, uh, a good price, 15 to one. Yeah. I mean, I think you can make a case for any horse in here. So the question is, do you want to spread out like everybody else? Do you want to pass the pick five or do you want to try to take a shot and zero in on something? Um, I do want to spread on out. I do I want to spread out because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd like to spread out in this race. Um, I know everybody else is going to spread out, but they're not going to spread out as much as me. So, um, and I'm singling later. So, 
You know, so you get a 15 to one just because everybody, a lot of people have spread doesn't mean it's still not going to be really, uh, really helpful to your pick five payoff. And I got, I got no super chalk. My single is like seven to two. All right. So I said, I just going to say it depends on what you think about the other legs. That, that's always a big part of it. You can't think of each race in isolation, and at least if you're playing the pick five. Okay, let's go to the eighth race. It's a six furlong claiming race, purse of 54,000 for three-year-olds and up. And we'll have Chris get started this time. I, um, the more I looked at this, the more I liked it. Um, originally, I kind of thought it, I came up pretty chalky. Um, and I do think the kind of obvious two horses, and by the way, the four concept isn't going to be five to one. So just for those of you thinking, wow, I'm going to get five to one in concept, not going to happen. Um, but um, I do think there's actually a price horse in here that's really interesting. And that's the seven rewire. Um, and this horse actually showed some talent early on in its career. It, it took a while to break its maiden, but it was running, you know, second and third to horses like Trademark and Dash Attack and Unified Report. I mean, those are pretty good horses. And, um, you know, then it uh, it went on the shelf and it came back and second off the layoff, it broke its maiden. They did have to drop it down to um, claiming level to break the maiden, but it ran a good race second off the layoff last year at Churchill. Um, that was the best race of its life. Then it definitely has some physical problems because it went on the shelf for a long time again. And they brought it back, dropped it a little bit. Um, not so much it would completely scare you away. Uh, Joe, Joe Sharp had the horse. And um, it got claimed away from him. And it ran a decent race. I mean, it went seven and a half furlongs. It was up on the lead. And it kind of got tired late. Just kind of what you'd expect to see from a horse off a long layoff going, you know, seven and a half furlongs. That's kind of a tough distance off the bench. Um, and then it got claimed by a, a smaller barn and they they put blinkers on it and they cut it back in distance. So now it's going second off a layoff. It has that race under its belt. This barn is, has won a race at the meet and actually claimed a horse and cut it back a distance in one at the meet this year so it's already done this exact thing they're doing here um successfully at a price and you know there's not a whole lot to beat in here the horse has some positional speed so it shouldn't be too far off and you know second off the layoff cutting back in distance um it should have some finish and with the blinkers on again should keep it you know within striking distance it's 15 to one on the morning line. That might be a legitimate price for this horse. So to me, rewire, very interesting price play in here, the number seven. Yeah, and another interesting thing about rewire is all of its in-the-money finishes had blinkers, and now gets the blinkers back on. Dennis, uh, what's the model saying? Uh, first off, Chris is right. Uh, concept's probably going to be the favorite, uh, would be my guess. Um, you know, you could probably make a case for um, the one, fan the fire. 
with Gasoline uh, taking money, but uh, my guess is Concept's going to be the favorite, and I actually, I actually would potentially single Concept here. Um, in short, uh, I, I've got this horse pretty strong uh, early pace rating, and also a potential lone speed horse, and. Um, it's been pretty strong out of the gate. And I think if, you know, if you're looking for a price or someone to stock and beat them at a price, I'd probably go to the number 10 Libertango. Um, pretty impressive sustained pace ratings uh, within my model. Um, don't usually see sustained pace ratings that high for a horse that's probably gonna go off at least 10 to one or potentially 10 to one or more. So, um, but I think for my top pick, I'm just going to go with concept. Okay. Uh, well, <clears throat> I landed on the same horse as Chris. Rewire, second off the layoff, was always fast. <clears throat> um, uh, you know, I mentioned the blinkers. The trainer has a 269 ROI first time after the trainer switch. Um, as good a horse as any, I think, <clears throat> in this race. But since uh, since Chris already claimed him, I'll also just mention another one that I think has a chance at a price, and that is the two Sheriff Ronnie, who um, <clears throat> has run. Uh, he's coming off uh, on the sheets in O2X. The O is his maiden winner. <clears throat> then he reacted in, in at Laurel, and uh, and then and then ran a, an X on the turf, going two turns. Comes back to the one turn, uh, one turn, uh, six furlong distance, and um, has a shot at a price. Yeah, I um, I I agree with everything both you said. Um, everything Dennis said about concept. That you know, the question with concept is the layoff, right? Um, Ashus is pretty good off the layoff, but um. You know, it, he is coming in off of, of an extended break. You know, he is in for it back at the same level they dropped him to last time before he went off. So, I mean, you got to wonder a little bit about the fitness, a little bit about, um, you know, the health of this horse. So that's that's the question. That's why these claiming races are always challenging. Um, you just don't really know. We don't know for sure how good this horse is really doing. You know, and, you know, does he have any these nagging injuries that are still bothering him? But if he fires off the layoff, it does kind of look like he controls the race from the start to the finish. So he's the one to beat. And I agree, fan the fire is legitimate. Those are probably the two that I, I mentioned that are going to buy for favoritism. And, and Scott, Sheriff Ronnie doesn't seem impossible at all. Um, I'd put it a, a notch below the other ones, but, you know, it's it should be a price as well. All right, Scott, are you on mute? Dang, <laughs> dang, <laughs> I, 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 was, I was making such a salient point. Um, okay. I, I noticed that Concept, uh, in, in five of his last eight races, he has been favored at under two to one, 
and uh, he's lost all eight of those races. So, so he's a he's a proven money burner. The gelding, you know, that may make the difference. I don't know, um, but I, I I will take a chance against him. All right, probably ready to move on. All right, we'll move to the ninth race. It's an allowance optional claimer on the turf, a mile and the 16th. First of 141000 for three-year-olds and up. And Dennis, uh, what are you thinking here? Oh, let me jump in just for a second. Um, unfortunately, I think Churchill lost its turf course again. It's uh, been yeah. taking everything off the turf. Um, I think they screwed it up. Uh, it's just incredible how bad they've been at managing the turf course. So um, I... My guess is this is going to come off the turf. I was hoping maybe they'd get it under control and they'd at least run this race on the turf. But based on what I've seen this week, I wouldn't count on it. So um, just keep that in mind. I sort of handicapped it both ways, but sort of assuming it's going to end up off the turf. So I want to throw that out there before we get going. Yeah, that was going to be my first question. <laughs> what do we think about the turf? Uh, is it going to be on the turf or not? But I looked at it both ways as well. Um, and I would just say, I hope it stays on the turf. I think if it goes to dirt, um, this is a race that might make me not even want to play the sequence. Um, it, it's really going to be scratch dependent who scratches out of the race. I think if it stays on the dirt, the one benefit that I see to make this a potentially valuable race in the sequence is I, I don't, I'm not a fan of any of the main track only. And um, I think those tend to be over bet in a, in, a, in a race that comes off the turf. Um, there's three of them, but again, it's kind of scratch dependent. I think, um, you know, I don't know how you want to do the top pick. I think if it stays on, if you need a top pick for either or, I would probably take, the 11 and that horse is native thunder so you would, you would make that pick on either surface yeah i think but if, if it stays on the turf one sec if it stays on the turf i would probably uh look at the 10 and good governance and and probably stick with that horse on the turf if it stays I'm excuse me, if it goes to the dirt, um, yeah, if, it's, if it goes to the dirt, I think, you know, the two is a very logical choice. Johnny's fireball would probably be my top pick, but if you want a top pick for not knowing the surface, I would, I would take the 11. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, it's... It's an awkward position to be put in. I'm I'm handicapping as you're talking. I'm trying to figure out who's going to win on dirt. Um, Chris, uh, what what did you land on? Well, the good thing for me is I like the same horse on turf or dirt, and that's the four horse Big Blue Line. Um, I actually like him better on turf because I think he, he he's a little bit more unknown on turf, and and you'll probably get a better price. And the, and the race will hold together better. Um, and I think he can win on turf as well as dirt. I thought his race at Kentucky Downs was pretty good, especially given that that's kind of a hard horse to try to debut on the turf on. And to me, his recent form is just better than the rest of these. On dirt, I think he's an absolute standout. And for the same reason Dennis mentioned, 
people tend to gravitate to the them, the main track only horses when it comes off and i think he's superior to the main track only horses so even though i think his price will be lower than his price will be on the turf i think he's actually going to be about as good a value because i think it's he's kind of a standout on the dirt in my mind um, whereas on the turf i think he's as good or better and he's going to be a good price but on dirt i just think he's best um the best horse in the race so either way I'm going to be leaning heavily on the four big blue line. Um, and if it does come off, I just hope the race holds together enough where, you know, he's not five to two or something. Um, but uh, either way, he'd be the way I'd go in here, the four big blue line. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, <clears throat> I haven't been able to uh, come up with a horse uh, on dirt. I haven't had enough time to, to have a, a dirt selection, so I'm just going to go with my turf selection, who would be my single if it, if it was on the turf. So uh, if it goes to dirt, that, that can be problematic. But um, uh, <clears throat> my horse is English Tavern. He took a few months off. He's come back fine with two efforts near his best, including a win in his last race. Trainer's good third off a layoff, and English channels get better with age. So I, I really like the freshening. This is a horse that I also liked earlier in the year uh, as one of these maturing English Channel horses, and he's run okay, but the freshening really seems to have done him well. And uh, an interesting angle, I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from the Racing Flow guy because I'm like, hey, this this horse should be getting an upgrade, I think, uh, because he, uh, in his race previous to two races ago, he 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 ran uh, against a closer bias, but he he took the lead early, and uh, and uh, it's something called a quick to zip upgrade on Racing Flow. So he was upgraded in his next race, and his next race he won as an upgrade, uh, which was good. Um, so generally, when a horse is an upgrade and then they win, Racing Flow continues to up, c carry the upgrade as long as they keep on winning. Um, they haven't done that. I have not gotten the response from, uh, from the racing flow guy yet, but, uh, you know, he might say, yeah, or he might have some reason for not upgrading it. I don't know. Um, but, but, you know, that angle on the turf, I really like English tavern and I think he still has a shot on dirt. He is two for nine, uh, on fast dirt and, you know, he's in good form. So, uh, so I, I, I would certainly at least use him on dirt. Uh, I don't know if I would single him. So Dennis, anything else you want to jump in on? I mean, this is the race that was just, it's just a mystery to me right now, given who's going to scratch out and what surface it's going to be on. And I don't think it's a mystery that it's probably going to be on dirt. So I, it's, um, for me, it's hard to have confidence right now without knowing who's going to scratch out. Is it is it that obvious, Chris? Like 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 the the weather's fine well, and they, they took everything off. They the haven't run on the turf all all week, and the weather's been fine. So I mean, and they they're already saying it's an issue with safety, and the riders don't want to ride. I mean, remember, this is a turf course that has had major issues. Um, sure. So I just sure. don't have any. I'm not holding. And plus, the meat's not going to last that much longer. You know, my guess is we won't see another race on the turf at Churchill until the spring but that you know i i don't know that as for a fact 
unfortunately, we don't have Marcus Hirsch on this week to get the inside information on it. Um, Marcus probably knows, but I wouldn't count on it being on the turf. I'd be really surprised if they run okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Well. Um, so just just one thing I mentioned. My second choice is probably the same horse again, either on dirt or turf, and that's a six horse strong quality. I think he could control the race from start to finish uh, on either surface, and he's run well on both surfaces. So you know that's my main concern, uh, main threat. I think even on on the dirt would be strong quality. If it were to stay on the turf, the horse, eight horse King Max is kind of obvious. I again, I don't, I wouldn't believe that ten to one morning line. The horse won't be ten to one um, if the race is on the turf. Uh, so I, I wouldn't get too excited about it. And plus, I, I just don't think the race is going to end up on the turf. But if it did, you know, the eight horse certainly would fit in here. Um, I, I, I don't know if it'll be value because I, like I said, I don't expect to see that price on the horse, but. You know, so on the turf, I would include King Max as a as a contender. Dirt or turf, um, my second choice would be strong quality, um, the six horse. Okay, we'll move to the uh, feature race of the day, and that is the tenth race, the Chaluki Stakes, Grade Three, Mile on Dirt, purse of three hundred thousand for Phillies and Mares, three year olds and up. And Chris, let's have you get us started. Yeah, this one's easy for me. Um, I think the one stands out in here. I think it's much the best. Again, I don't trust the morning line. I don't think it's going to be nine to two. Um, it, uh, but uh, if it is, that's great. Um, but to me, this is a horse I could single in the pick five. I just think she's the best horse. And um, you'll, she's not going to be, you know, an odds on favor or anything. So it's the kind of horse you, you can lean on in a pick. So that's what I would do. The number one, nostalgic. Okay, nostalgic. Um, what do I got on nostalgic? Always been fast and uh, best work, uh, best recent work to, uh, before her uh, two races, two back. Dennis, uh, what's your model saying? Model agrees with Chris. I think uh, when I was looking at this, I think the one is a pretty solid single in here for people looking for a single. You know, I think the nine looks strong, but I think I think I have the nine as the expected favorite. I think I think you're right, Chris. I have the one being closer to three, uh, nostalgic being closer to three to one, um, and the nine being closer to two to one, maybe even lower. So uh, I think. The nine, those are the two contenders in my book, but I think the the better value would be would just be singling the one nostalgic in this race because I think this race has potential to be a pace meltdown. I don't know who exactly is going to get the lead. You can make the case for five or six horses to to take the lead and uh, or get the lead, and I think the one, um, I think that sets up really well for the one actually. So I'm, I I would say my top choice is nostalgic. Yeah, and the one has run, I don't know about the racing flow says, but she's run really well in a few recent races where it was, you know, really against a strong speed bias and still ran well. So, you know, she doesn't have to have things in her favor, but like you said, I do think the race should set up and, you know, drawing the rail means the horse should be able to just settle in and, you know, uh, finish up strong. 
Well, I will throw one thing out. The three-horse Hidden Connections cross-entered in another race later in the week. And the last I heard, they were still up in the air as to which race they were going to run in. Um, mm -hmm. One was, I think, a mile and an eighth, and one was a mile. And they were trying to decide. I would think the mile would fit her better than the mile and eighth, but maybe they're looking at the same thing we are and seeing there's a lot of speed in this race or something. I don't know. So there's a chance you might see the three scratch. So that might change the pace scenario a little bit. It probably will lower the odds on the other horses as well, but the horse may go too. I don't, I don't know that the connections were still undecided. The last that I heard or read. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to add fuel to the fire on nostalgic, uh, just plain fast and, uh, is a racing flow bold upgrade. So basically a double upgrade. And, um, you know, our friend Paul Weiser will, he'll, he'll bet the horse, especially if it's nine to two. I don't think the horse will be nine to two. I think it'll probably be closer, close to being favored, but you know, something like five to two. Um, so I'm using her, but I'm not going to single her. I'm also going to use Falconet who has steadily improved. And, um, if she, you know, she's just got a beautiful sheet line and, um, you know, she's not a high price. She's four to one morning line, but that sounds about right. And I think could get up. So, uh, so I'll be using two of them, Nostalgic and Falconet. All right. All right. So let's go to the last race. It's uh, the other division of the Maiden Special, Six Prolongs Dirt, purse of 120000 for two-year-old fillies. And Dennis, what do you got? So top pick for me, uh, this is similar to the first race of the sequence, the seventh race. Um, the top pick for me right now is the nine, uh, Adelik, Adeleke. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, similar to what I was just saying earlier, uh, second time starter with really strong early pace. Uh, it made the lead last race and again, just died in the stretch. Um, highest grade, highest graded workouts. Um, according to my model for, for, for this horse. So I think that's a pretty good setup in a big field. Uh, looking to get probably around five to one here, uh, according to my projected odds. So that'd be my top pick. I think in terms of the sequence, depending, you know, where I would end up with like the ninth race, if I need, if I would need to spread there or, or not, just depending on who scratches out, uh, I would probably spread wider here which I typically don't like to do in the last leg of the sequence, but uh, you can make a case for a lot of horses. Um, you know, additionally, uh, first time starter, the seven pretty song uh, is grading pretty high uh, for a first time starter here in terms of value. So um, that's where I'm pointing now, but I think just in terms of playing the sequence, I'd probably spread a little bit wider here. Interesting that um, the four of the horses have run before, and three of them, their last race was on turf. Uh, Adelique was the only one who ran on dirt last race. Chris, what do you got? Um, well, I don't disagree with anything Dennis said, and I was going to say Adelica. I don't know how you pronounce that horse's name, <laughs> but um, uh, the only thing about that horse is there's a couple other first-time starters that showed a lot of speed too. So, and plus, you, I mean. Second time starters, and plus you never know how much kind of speed you're going to get from the first time starters. But she's another great example of 
you know, the horse that just got a little tired at the end and that race should really tighten her up. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see her run big. Plus I think drawing that outside post is good just in case she doesn't get away perfectly. It's not like a death sentence. So um, I wouldn't disagree with that, but the horse I landed on, I went with a firster in here um, is the one that Dennis mentioned pretty song. Uh, I mean, one thing, the horse has a really fast work just on the clock, 46 and change. So, you know, that that's pretty obvious. But I did watch her workouts, and the race before her last, her workout before her last, she worked with, had a workmate, and as she broke really sharp, and she was under a stranglehold, and then they let her run a little bit. She just completely dusted her workmate. So... You know, given that she looks so impressive and she looked like she's capable of rating and responding to the rider and she's got that really fast workout, to me, she kind of stands out. Um, and that would be where I would lean. Uh, there's another firster that I like, um, but I'm kind of inclined to maybe back up with a few more in here than I would in the other leg, just because, um, you know, Leaning on a first-time starter is always a dicey proposition in my mind. So I'm kind of with Dennis there, too, if I, I might have more backups in here. But my heavy lean will be, or the heaviest lean will be on the seven pretty song. And then I'll, I got a couple other I'll mention, but I'll turn it over to Scott because I know sometimes he likes firsters and he might be on the other firster I like. <laughs> well, uh, it's interesting. Um, I I... I do have both those horses as uses, Adelique and uh, Pretty Song. Uh, the Pretty Song, the only caution I would say is that that extremely fast workout was not a gate work. So, uh, you know, she could have you know, have a lot of forward momentum going into the be beginning of the timing of that race. Um, and, and, and I think Henry Wessel, you know, he's, 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 he's a, he's a gate work guy. So, uh, so he, he's sort of my, my muse when it comes to maidens. Um, the horse that I landed on w is the favorite and that is the six copper drop, uh, who is a second time starter, uh, goes turf to dirt for Steve Asmussen. Well, second out with this move, he hits a 28% with a 331 ROI. The dam has never thrown a turf winner and uh, she worked 48 this this filly worked 48 flat out of the gate before that race and uh, her siblings were all fast and the dam won her debut at churchill as a two-year-old for the same connections so I, I don't expect a price but um but this is my pick for the race and um but i'm but i'm using yours and i i think i'm six deep in this race and i'll, I'll mention some others um uh, but, uh, well, let's hear what, what, what you guys like first. Dennis, you can jump in with anything else. Yeah. The other horses I was looking at, um, let's see the three, um, Miss Enchanted was a firster that I was interested in. Um, and the, Sorry, the 13, if, if, the, if it draws into the race. I think that's an A. Yeah, it's an A. Tap the champagne. Those are the other two. I think beyond that, um, it, like I said, I, 
I might spread further here, but it kind of depends on, on the ninth race. Yeah, both of those make sense. The other one I like the most be after Pretty Song is the Five Velvet Kisses. Um, that barn does pretty good with firsters. I watched that horse's workout. It was a gate work. It was inside another horse. It kind of maintained its lead and, and kind of gradually extended it through the whole stretch without really being asked. And it was down on the inside, you know, and it broke well from the gate. So for me, that was uh, pretty impressive. Uh, you know, I don't, it's hard to tell what the price are going to be. I thought Pretty Song, though, was clearly, you know, the one to go with. But Velvet Kisses would be one I would definitely include as a backup. That, I mean, all the other ones you guys mentioned, I can't say anything bad, negative about them for all. You know, they're, they're definitely, uh, this is definitely a tough race. So uh, I am I'm tentatively six deep in this race, and and that's just like writing use 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 use. But um, often what happens is I I, I get more uh, selective as I get closer to the pick five. But the one horse that I would absolutely include, uh, I I would not trim under any circumstances that five velvet kisses has a forty seven one gate work and. This trainer, Eddie Keneally, uh, two-year-old first-timers at this track, he's uh, 16% with a 201 ROI. I mean, he, the, he, li he likes to win with firsters. He likes to win with first-time starter two-year-olds. He likes to win at Churchill Downs. Uh, it would be crazy to leave this one off your ticket. That's, uh, uh, I, I should probably pick the horse, but uh, it's going to be a better price than – than copper drop, but um, but but I'll be using both of them. So Scott, I have a question for you because you know you're spreading on these races, and you said you had some single that you're going to get a lot of value from, but I haven't heard. You know, where are you getting the value uh, what, in the pick five? Yeah, it was going to be English Channel, uh, English Bell, uh Tavern, but you know now oh, okay. the, every everything is like thrown into the you know. Okay. It it, it, it it's. I have to reevaluate the whole pick five now. So. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause you, you hadn't, I should have, I should have given you, I should have sent you a note last night or something about that turf race. I didn't think about that. Sorry. Yeah. Unfortunately I haven't been on Twitter. I'm sure everybody's complaining about the Churchill taking them off the turf. <laughs> no, nobody on Twitter ever complains about anything. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> But I would know, you know, if I was on Twitter, I would I would be aware of, of this. And uh, I am on Twitter. Sometimes I'm on Twitter, but I'm not like I used to be. So. So, Dennis, do you ever play the pick five? I know that that I mean, when we talked on the bet with the best, you were sort of focused on win betting and exacta betting. Is that still um, kind of the focus? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think uh, my main focus will always be winning exacta. And I think we, you know, I kind of set it on, on the bet with the best. Do I give up ROI potentially by not um, playing as many horizontals as maybe I could? Yeah, probably. But I like to keep betting as simple as possible and it's working for me now. I'll play the occasional horizontal. Um, if I, you know, if I have really strong opinion and I'm just trying to get, um, you know, more dollars down on, on, a, on an opinion. 
and um, but it's not part of my everyday play or anything like that. So um, probably should have started with that. But you know, I'm similar to. I'm probably a hybrid of, or I don't even know if it's a hybrid, but like a Tommy Mattis and, and uh, inside the pylon type approach where uh, look, you know, look, look for sequences where I don't like a favorite and kind of layer my opinion accordingly uh, against that. So. And, and be well, really narrow. I Sorry. Yeah. So uh, just so there's not a pregnant pause while I handicap, I'm trying to figure out who's, who's my dirt pick in the, in the ninth race. But um, <laughs> Uh, I did want to ask, uh, and, 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 and I think this should be a feature for the pod going forward, and that would be uh, who's uh, two horses, your value of the day and your best bet of the day, They're like most, most likely chance to win. Well, I think right, for me, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, you're just no, no, go. I was going to say, you go first, so go. go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think my, my best bet. Uh, you know, it might not be the highest probability, but I'll, I'll just say it's the highest probability and some value with concepts. I mentioned that I think it's a single for me. Uh, I know you guys kind of differ. That's what makes it, that's what makes this game so great. But uh, that would be my high probability value play right there. I think. And the other the other ask was um, your your val- your best value. Is that what it was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I thought um, it was the most likely winner and best value, right? Uh, no, no, no. Best value, most likely winner, or best bet. But yeah, so, let's clarify that your your best value and your most likely winner, um, okay. which you well, just gave us the most likely winner. I'm showing the best value on that one horse in the seventh race, Lady Driller. Um. I know it's a first-time starter. Who knows what's going to happen? But that's what makes those types of races great. You're wrong a lot more often than you're right. But when you hit, you're going to hit pretty big. So I'm going to stick by Lady Driller as my best value. And I'm just going to stick with Concept as as my most likely winner. I think that race just sets up perfectly uh, for Concept. Okay, Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I think probably my best values rewire the seven horse in the eighth race that horse is going second off the layoff that was in the, the concept race where tennis liked concept so like you said that that's what makes the game fun um yeah and most likely winner uh probably it's close between big blue line on on the dirt assuming that race comes off the turf and nostalgic um those two, I think, are very strong, likely winners. Um, I think Big Blue Line both uh, might offer some value. I just have a hard time knowing who's going to be in the race and what the prices are going to be if it comes off. But um, there's a chance that Big Blue Line might even be the best value. I just not, I'm just not confident about predicting the price. But I do think he's very likely. He's the most likely winner. And uh, same with Nostalgic. I think. She's the most likely winner. I'm not convinced she's going to be a great price, but she won't be the favorite, I don't think. Or at least if she's the favorite, she won't be a strong favorite. So those are two kind of horses I like, you know, in picks because 
you're you're not getting the favorite, but you're getting the most likely winner. And that's there's a lot of value there. You know, these single horses like that and picks. Um, uh, so you know, for me, they're the ones that kind of got me interested in this as a pick five, even with the with the maiden races in there, because I think I'm getting some value through those two horses, and it's not like and I think there's a good chance I can catch one or both of them in the sequence. All right. Um, well, so <laughs> Mr. Best Value, most likely winner, didn't have one. Um, my best value would have been English Tavern, but since it's not going to be on turf, uh, I'm going <clears> to <throat> I'm going to I'm going to make my best value Sheriff Ronnie. Uh, even though he's not my top pick, I think the the horse is going to be a price and has just as good of a shot as Rewire. Um, and the my most likely winner. Uh, I, I'll just have to go with Copper Bullet. Um, you know, can't can't be sure because it's you know first time, first time dirt, but um, has a lot going for it. So, so that's where I'd land. Uh, best value, Sheriff Ronnie. Most likely winner, Copper Bullet. All right. Well, we're on all on different horses, so. Uh, there were, let's hope somebody's right about something. <laughs> yeah, 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 either that or the the, whole, the whole the whole day is going to go kerflui. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, it was a great handicapping with you guys. I'd like to thank our guest, Dennis Montoro. Dennis, thanks for handicapping with us. Yeah. Thanks, guys. It was a, it was a lot of fun. All right. That will conclude show number two fifty one of the Sport of Kings Pod. Good luck at Churchill Downs and wherever else you play. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Square Cheers. Giddy up.